Hey, you are not tuned in with King Legend Talks. The most influential groundbreaking podcast of the year. Featuring some of the dopest celebrities and influencers in the world. This is, this is Fat Joe. Hey, what's good, everybody? It's your boy, PJ Howard. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's B. Scott with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is JR from CBS Sports Radio, the JR Sport Brief Show. I'm going to be chatting it up with King Legend. King Legend always asks the questions that inspire and motivate others to follow their dreams. It's helped me grow as a person. By learning from each other, together we can make a difference. It's drastically changed my life. So turn the volume up, turn up and tell a friend to tune in. It's about to go down in the PM. Going down, man. It's your host all the way from VA, the one and only King Legend. The one and only King Legend. On King Legend Talks. Alright y'all, you know what time it is. We got the one and only Brian Hooks coming through to the podcast today. So I appreciate y'all for tapping in with me. It's about to go down. Alright, let's go, let's go, let's go. What is going on people? How y'all feeling? Look, Brian Hooks in here right now. Let's get it. There we go. Yay, yay, what's good, my man? Hey, how you doing? Welcome to King Legend Talks, my brother. That's what's up. That's what's up. Appreciate you having me, bro. Absolutely. The pleasure's all mine. I am honored to have you here today on the platform. We got a lot to talk about. This movie, look, I'm jumping right out the gate with it. This movie, Adam and Eve, is so crazy. We got a lot to talk about about it right now, brother. So... Everyone that just tapped in, this is the one and only Brian Hooks, actor, comedian, producer, director. I mean, I don't know how many hats he got on today, but I'm just letting you know he does a whole lot for the um for the entertainment industry. So first of all, um, I just want to start off by saying thank you for delivering us an amazing movie called Adam and Eve. It actually Thanks, dropped bro. on my birthday, October 28th. Oh, word. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Happy belated. Happy belated. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, for starters, just go ahead and introduce yourself for the people that may not know uh, much about you. Just for the, you know, get them a yeah, tip so, with you. Yeah, so, so, so I'm Brian Hooks. Like you were saying, I, we got the new movie, Adam and Eve, uh, that dropped on Tubi uh, about a month ago. You know, I'm from, you know, the Eve show, movie Three Strikes, Soul Plane, uh, and all that good stuff, and uh, stand-up comic, and you know what I mean? Uh, the Three Strikes, and... Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's me, independent, Mister Independent. Mr. You know, independent. We definitely gonna be talking about that as well, man, because that seems to really be your bread and butter where you like to go. That's um, my foundation. Yep. Absolutely. So you're from uh, Bakersfield, California, born, correct? Born and raised in Bakersfield, California, man. Born and raised. Been out here in L.A. Came out to go to college, Cal State uh, Northridge, man, and. Uh, from there, I found myself in, you know, in the epicenter of entertainment and uh, always had that entertainment bug. But from Bakersfield, there's only so much you could do. So once I hit um, L.A., I was like, you know, let, let me get my feet wet. Let me see what the what is. 
Absolutely. I mean, honestly, though, entertainment is kind of in your DNA, really. I mean, when you go back, I'm, I'm looking up some research about you, and I said, look, I had no clue you was in a relationship with uh, Robert Hooks. That's your father, correct? Robert, it's not my father, but we don't know how we family. Like Kevin Hooks, okay. and, um, like, as you know, Kevin's done a lot of major things in the industry, and it's crazy because Kevin looks identical to another Kevin Hooks cousin we have in the family. And uh, we all crossed paths several times, obviously. And you know, we know we are related somehow, but we don't know how. Yeah. They're related but from every, Adam and Eve. Thinks, everybody thinks that, uh, that um, uh, Robert's son, though. No. Everybody thinks that, but I'm not. Okay. okay. Look, I'm glad we cleared that up here on the podcast. Yeah. For all the people out there that got it confused, we cleared it up right here on Keep yeah. Talk. Yeah. Well, listen, I... I definitely like i said again i appreciate you for being here we're definitely gonna talk about adam and Eve. yeah appreciate um, you having me man absolutely brother so let's start off a little bit about your your upbringing your roots what was your childhood like for the people that may not know man you know i was blessed man i had two amazing uh i have two amazing parents man roy and lily hooks and um they really um you know what i mean i i guess coming up you know we were yeah, I don't. I, I, yeah, I would say somewhere in the middle class, man. But they made us feel like we was rich, and that's the truth. Like I, we we didn't know what we didn't have. You know what I mean? Because we had. They figured out a way to 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 make sure we had. You know what I mean? Everything we needed, and most of the stuff we wanted, man. And so uh, it, it it was a blessing, man. And I'm so grateful to my parents, man. Even to this day, they're so um supportive always have had me and my uh brothers and sisters back and uh you know bakersfield california man it's just a small little country town in the middle of uh in the middle of california man a lot of people who listen to me you know assume that i'm from the south i guess we got a little bakersfield twang or something you know what i mean right. um but 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 growing up it was it was brilliant man because it was a small town man but we were in california so you get the feel of you know, being in Cali, you know what I mean? Right. But it, it's sort of, um, you know, secure in the fact that you have that small town feel, man. So I feel like we got the best of both worlds because we were like a, you know, hour, hour and a half um, from L.A., you know, a few hours from the Bay. So we were able to taste a little bit of everything, man. But, you know, right. coming up. Uh, definitely involved in sports. I always thought I'd be, you know, playing professional uh, baseball when it was okay. all said and done. But, you know, I've always been a little bit of a fool, too. So it's no surprise that, you know, I'm making movies and, and making funny. And, you know, now, of course, with Adam and Eve, you know, uh, bringing the drama. Absolutely. You know, I like, I like to dig into the roots a little bit because mm -hmm. that's a side of people we really don't get to see that much. Um, this is usually the most private parts of your life, you know, mm -hmm. going all the way back, back home. Uh, what is something you can share with us from your childhood that a lot of people might not even know about you? Um, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think it would be baseball, man. I, I really, you know, excelled in baseball. I was, I was pretty damn good, and I always felt like I would be playing baseball for a living. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think I ever would have said I'd be acting and making films, man. That was sort of what I did. And when I left uh, originally from Bakersfield, it was to San Diego. Um, to play baseball there. Um, wow. But I think it was a little bit of, uh, I, I think it was too soon. I think it was too soon because I, you know, I couldn't focus 
while I was there, man, mm -hmm. because, you know, fresh out of high school, you feel like you owe, but being, even though San Diego wasn't that far from mm -hmm. um, Bakersfield, man, it was a bit too much. So I ended up landing back in Bakersfield, wanted to come home, wasn't feeling the baseball. And then um, I think that next year I transferred and started at Cal State Northridge, man. And I was a little closer to home, felt more like home. And, um, you know, ultimately that was where I was supposed to be, man, to uh, pursue this entertainment, man. But, I, but baseball was a huge um, part of my life coming up, man. And I, I was pretty damn good at it. Absolutely. So now how do you go from baseball to acting like where was this transition at in your life yeah. how did that happen yeah i, I think I, I think it was the move man once i landed at cal state northridge in la you know i was uh, again in the epicenter of entertainment and again um when i wasn't playing baseball at home i, I was acting a fool you know what i mean uh you know uh making people laugh in class you know what i mean and living color um that was around the time that hit so you know, I'm 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 bringing sketches from in living color to the classroom, mm -hmm. um, and so it was always there. It was just only so much you could do from a small town like Bakersfield. So once I arrived in L.A. at Cal State Northridge, it was there. You know, be it the classes the, through the college, mm -hmm. um, or the classes outside of school, and just being, you know, it was all. Around around you everywhere you went, whether you were seeing actors or seeing acting class or headshots or magazines with listing of uh, productions and stuff like that, man. And so once, uh, still, I had took a year off from baseball with plans of, you know, trying to walk on at Cal State Northridge. Um, and I ended up taking an acting class and the bug just bit me, man. For there, I took a couple of classes off campus and then they had this magazine drama log they called it back then which is now backstage west mm. um and they list productions you know students films uh independent films uh commercials short films and it was a movie in there um that i thought i would be good for called fat beach yeah, yeah. and so everyone knows I, about fat beach yeah <laughs> and so i submitted myself for that and uh, six or seven auditions later, man, I got the role. And Doug Allen, who created the show Entourage, mm -hmm. um, the iconic show Entourage, was the uh, writer-director on that film. And um, that's sort of how, you know, it just sort of, you know, accidentally on purpose ended up in that space, man. And I never looked back. And I figured, you know, I'll ride it till the wheels fall off. You know what I mean? And so it was at that point, you know, uh, baseball sort of took a back seat and um you know and hollywood took took the front seat and i was riding shotgun absolutely so now take me to your first i got a pinch myself moment i can't believe this is happening this is real what was that for you man it, it it's been it, it's been a, a a few moments you know with fat beach was so crazy because that was my first feature film and i was also the lead so that was like you know, that in itself was insane. And I think as I began to meet um, some of the people um, who were in and around, like those moments were always surreal. I remember the late Coolio. Mm -hmm. And at the time, you know, that's Gangsta's Paradise. That's Coolio, Coolio, you know, you know, Fantastic Voyage, all that good stuff at the peak. And so him walking on set, 
of that movie and me like and him i mean he was cool down to earth and me just like chilling being there with coolio was like you know i'm from bakersfield you know what i'm saying right. like so it, it was huge and then one day uh we were shooting the marina del rey and um uh um uh, uh uh man i'm tripping who uh who uh, 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 why am I blanking? Why am I blanking? Why was uh, dang, uh, Blade, my man, uh, what's his name? Wesley Smith. Wesley Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I knew so you were gonna get it. Look, I, I said he gonna yeah, get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wesley just walks on the set, man, and he just, you know, he knows I'm the lead. He just comes up. He starts chopping it up with me, giving me all these jewels, man, and so. It just keep having these moments to where it's like, yo, this is crazy. Right. Um, and then another one, you know, because it's not just one and three strikes. You know, E-40 had been my favorite rapper growing up. You know what okay. I'm saying? Like, my favorite rapper. So now I'm in three strikes and I'm meeting E-40 and we're doing a scene together. <laughs> and now there's this mutual respect and we're still friends of today. So it's just been so many, like, moments that was crazy um, for me, man. And then, wow. of course, getting the Eve show to where, you know what I mean, you're on a sitcom on the lots that we used to try to sneak on, lots that we used to try to go on to, you know what I mean, see, you know, shows and stuff like that and weasel our way on. Now, you know, I, you know, I got the, you know, uh, parking space with my name on it in, mm -hmm. in front of the same stages over in Hollywood that I'm trying to sneak on, man. So all those things were like, yo, this is crazy. And right. I always knew and saw it as a blessing. And, um, and but it's, man, I, I've been so grateful and thankful, man. But this just a, I know you asked me one, but it's just been a minute, many, millions of, you know, moments mm -hmm. for me that are like, yeah, whoa, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I can tell by the way you expressed all of that to me that you really got a good sense of gratitude for everything that you've been through um, as far as this is, the success and the progress that you made. You know, when you say you got a parking space with your name on it, I just yeah. had a, a visual yeah. and I just kind of imagine myself the first time I'm yeah. pulling up to a yeah. venue with a parking space with my name on it. What was that like? Because I'm big on first, like, because those are the most moments that you can't get right. back. You only get to do your first one right. time. So that first time you pulled up and you saw the parking space with your name on it, what was that moment like for you? It was, uh, uh, it was just unbelievable, man, because, you know, you know, and you understand what I'm saying, but you can, like, a parking spot over all the things. That was, yeah, because you got to understand this is a studio lots in Hollywood that you can't get on. So for you to be trying to pry a sneak on so you can maybe see somebody or maybe see something or see, you know, the behind the stages. So now to be pulling in there, man, you know, doing a sitcom with Eve, Natalie DeSalle, Jason George, you know, Sean McGuire, Ali Landry, you know what I mean? And all these dope people. And you know what I mean? Right in front of the building. You know what I mean? Like, now nah, you can't park there. That's Brian's. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you know, it, it, it just, it, it was just, it, it's just something else, man. It's everything that you would imagine it to be. And then walking inside the lot, you know what I mean? And you get in the lot and then the dressing room, like, yo, that's Brian's. You know what right. I'm saying? Now, how Going do you go through all of that and maintain 
a positive ego. See, there's a difference between a positive ego and then this big arrogant ego. Mm -hmm. So how do you not lose yourself? Because I know a lot of people that get in the industry, they do get to this point where they got to find themselves again. Because yeah, you man, can't lose it's... who you are in, that, in the midst of all of that. Yeah, you know, I'm just, you know, always been very humble. And I think I always realized that, you know, it was a blessing. You know what I mean? And, you know, as, as you know, I, I work on my craft. I understand I'm talented, but I also know that, you know, God is in play and it's always bigger than me. And I'd be a fool to think that everything that is happening and that everything that's going on just a result of my genius, man. And then just coming from a small town like Bakersfield, being raised with the foundation that I uh, have been, I, I just, I just always understood that this was a gift. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And there's hundreds of thousands of people out there as talented, that's hustling, that deserve a shot as well. So for me to be able to be here, you know, I respected it as such, man. And, and it's true. A lot of people do get lost in the sauce because I think this industry uh, attracts a certain type of personality that um, is a little bit unstable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they really lean into that and start to expect and 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 want to be treated and seen and, and do this and do that because it's constantly you're being catered right. to. You know what I mean? 24-7. But again, for me, man, I always just understood that it was a blessing for me to be there and always approached it as such. And then, you know, I'm a fan, man. And, you know, I don't pretend to be humble. I'm just a humble dude. You know what I mean? That's just, you know, that's just my blood. So when I would be working and we'd have these guest stars coming through, like, you know, Seth the Entertainer and, and all these, you know, dope people man like i'm a fan you know what i mean i'm a fan of all these people i'm a fan of the work i'm a fan of the industry man so it, it was only natural and made sense that you know what i mean it, it would all be humbling and i would i'm just would be grateful for it man you know and besides i never knew man i you know we it was so good man them checks was hitting like woo, <laughs> man like you hey bruh Hey, you had to ask nobody for your money. That money hit that account like clockwork, baby. And, so, <laughs> and I, I was like, yo, this is crazy, man. I thought we was stealing money. I said, man, they finna come arrest us in a minute. So I knew at any moment we were going to show up and the FBI or somebody was finna bust down the door because this can't be legal, baby. Right. But so was, that leads me to my dope, next man. question to you. Um, for someone that's young, um, you know, when they get into the industry and they start getting those big numbers, those checks they never ever even thought of getting before. Uh, what is some advice based on your experience of dealing with that kind of money, uh, what you would give to them? Uh, I think, man, you have to, you have to put it away because the thing with our business is, you know, when you're working and if you're working on something, this network or, or studio, you're going to get paid great money. But you, you have to understand that that may only be for the month or for the year or for the two years. And you're trying to have a career over a lifetime. So you have to manage that money well and don't treat it as though, okay, I'm going to be making this every month for the rest of my such and such or every year for so long because you don't know in our industry. You know what I mean? It come in waves up and down, up and down. So you always have to approach it as such 
be smart, right? Be smart and put a lot of that away so that when you are in between jobs, you're not stressed about when the next job is going to come. Keeps your head clear, keeps your mind clear, keeps you stable and able to keep grinding, knowing that you have that safety net. So the first job you get where you make great money, always be looking to put the bulk of that away. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now you get the next big job, then you say, okay, now I'll put a, I'm going to put some of this away too, but I'll put a little less than I did the first time and so on and so forth to where you get to a point to where you know like, okay, if I'm smart about it with investments and so on and so forth, this money can run me. But don't understand that, you know what I mean? You might be working strong for two, three years and then you might be not working for two, three years. So you always have to be smart about your finances um, if you are blessed to have, you know what I mean, a, a great gig, a great job come through, man. So please, please, please put that money away so you don't find yourself in a compromising position. Now, um, you just had a lot of great information there. First of all, I don't want no one to miss that. anything you just said uh, because it's so easy. Once you get a lot of that money, you just want to splurge. And then when yeah. it's your first check, everybody want a piece of the pie. Yeah. All the accomplishments yeah. that, you know, you work hard for when nobody even believed in you, nobody mm -hmm. was even there to support you, people calling you crazy, man, you need to get a regular job. You right. Know, stop chasing this acting dream. <laughs> now you get that first check, and it's like, hey, remember me? Yeah. Hey, buddy, how you exactly. doing? You know, so exactly. being able to, to, to separate the, the true fans and friends, I should say, and family versus the people that are just looking for a handout. Mm -hmm. You know, that's also a big, big deal when it comes to walking into this level of success. Um, so how do you feel when people expect you to put them on? Because you've been in this game and they feel like maybe you got close family members to them or they may know somebody that know of you and be mm -hmm. like, come on, man, you're supposed to put me on. You know, what, yeah. how do you yeah. feel about that? I mean, it, ha it happens a lot, man. And with, with this um, industry, any sort of success comes, you know, great responsibility, you know what I mean? And I think at the end of the day, you have to understand that some people just not gonna understand, right? And, and I think it was, um, you know, somebody uh, was saying, I think it was uh, Dame Dash was saying, you know, how he deals with that with people you know the reality is, is like i don't have no money like i have cash flow like i'm mm. running a business i have employees i have things i have to do so money come in money go out money come in money come out so yeah there's money there but that money is uh you know to keep the ship afloat you know what i'm saying so no i don't have anything to give you and i think you have to when people might not understand that you explain it to them. If it's people you love, if it's family, you let them know, like, hey, look, you know, yeah, you know, I made amazing money. However, I don't know when the next time it is I'm going to work. So I don't really touch that. Yeah, but you right. got a new car. Oh, yeah, that was for me, right? Because <laughs> it was my hard work, but that don't mean right. I can go and buy 10 cars. It's not an Oprah situation. You get a car, you get a car, you get a car. We're not on Oprah Winfrey status. And I think you just have to be honest with people and let them know what it is and what it isn't and that's your only responsibility but you have to understand that some people are shallow and they will never quite understand that and you have to find it when yourself to understand that that has to be okay 
You know what I mean? As far as putting people on, you know, like I'm still in the process of getting where I want to be. So there's not anything or only so much I can do for you. So what I can do is I can, you know, share my journey and tell you where the pitfalls are and also tell you where the successes are. And I can draw you out a roadmap to what it's been like that's beneficial for you to get to this point. You know what I'm saying? Right. I can give you that. I can give you a map, but I can't sit here and hold your hand or, you know, or, or pull you up and, and have you do this, that, and the other. That's just not realistic. And so I think it's just about being honest with people and sharing with them what it is, what it ain't, and giving them what jewels you can. And those who understand that, you know, and who, who love you will appreciate that. And those who don't, they never really had good intentions anyway. And, you know, sometimes that's hurtful because you may have held them higher, mm -hmm. um, you know, on, on, on an important scale, you know what I mean, than they do you. But, um, you know, that's, that's something you got to, you know, it comes with the, you know, it, it comes with it all. And you have to figure out a way to be okay with that. Some people going to fall off. But those people who fall off wasn't supposed to be there anyway. Right. Uh, I agree with you 100%. Um, what is one thing that you wish people that's on the outside looking in understood about someone like you and your position? I think, uh, uh, you know, just a, a lot of people, I think they need to understand that, you know, like I'm an independent artist, right? Like I'm an entrepreneur. And so people somehow, there's always this, you know, this like, we got to go mainstream. Like people could be making a billion dollars with an urban audience. And then still it's like, okay, now it's time to go mainstream. What are you, what are you saying, bro? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. If you, if you have people who support you to the level of you're making great money and they're consistent in supporting you in everything that you do over and over and over why isn't there comfort in that for you? What are, exactly are you saying when you have the support of the urban world, so to speak, and yet now you say, okay, we got to cross over. To what? Right. To what? That's deep. Are, what, to, what are you trying? Are you saying now you want the accolades of non-urban people? Right. Mind you, you're making millions of dollars, you're successful, and they love you, but somehow you're like, okay, now I want to start making entertainment. Stop making entertainment for them and make it for them. What in you makes you feel like your urban world isn't valid enough mm. and that mm. you need the accolades and the pats on the back from another group of people when you have these group of people who've been loyal to you? So there's this whole thing that it's like you have to be, well, you got to do it with the studio. You got to do it with the do it, with the do it. And, you know, you know, God has blessed me with the ability to make independent films from start to finish, make decent money, sustain myself and my family doing what I love. So right. if, what you want, if that's not enough, what you want. So... People assume because you're not doing a lot of studio films or this and that or, you know, with the such and such and that somehow that you're, you, you're not 
where you want to be or you not where you should be and that's simply not the case with that different level and with those other folks sometimes it involves a lot of compromising your morals and beliefs and so on and so forth but furthermore again if god has blessed you with the ability to be self-contained and sustained why isn't that enough for you right so when a studio make a film they might make ten dollars but when I make a film, I may only make $5, but it's all my $5. And I made the film how I want, when I want, with who I want, whenever I want. And that, for me, is dope. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That, for me, is dope. But most artists need, you know, they, they need the, the pat on the head from, you know, the such and such executive that doesn't know them and, and doesn't really care, but they just feel like that's greater. You know what I mean? They would rather have their face on a billboard and have no money than to be wealthy and no one know them, right? right? Like, right. Oh, give me the billboard, like, but you have no money. Yeah, I know, I know, but give me the billboard. You know, so it's a different way of thinking. And I think, you know, I would tell people to understand that it's, it's about me is there's so much um, power and, 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 and so much wealth that you can acquire from being independent and doing things your way, opposed to chasing and begging and constantly asking someone else to pick me. Okay, right. pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. You know, at some point you gotta pick yourself, man. And, and I wish people, you know, understood that. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't get that. They don't get that it's a dope, position to be in when you could do what you want, when you want, how you want, and be able to, you know, pay the bills and, and, and do cool things when you want to. Absolutely. I agree 1,000%. And I'm so glad you said that because there's probably so many independent people out here feeling like less than because, oh, I don't mm -hmm. have these awards or yeah. I've been working hard. Nobody is trying to see what I got going on. Mm -hmm. Nobody's paying mm -hmm. attention to me. It's that val validation that you were speaking yeah. of. You know, yeah. um, getting these trophies and awards, but what does all of that mean? Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, it's it's just a materialistic thing. Mm -hmm. It's an item. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to collect dust once you put it on the shelf, mm -hmm. you know, and people mm -hmm. really um, design their whole career, and, and which the main thing that you said there is compromise. Mm -hmm. What will you have to compromise right. to get to that level? Right. What will you right. have to compromise to get that award or that trophy, losing yourself, you as a person, the values, the morals that you stand on, you have to put that to the side to even get in some of those rooms. Exactly. Exactly. You know, a lot of them. A, a lot of them. Now, if, if you're able to do it and you don't have to do that, great. But right. if you having to do something that you wouldn't want your kids to find out about, <laughs> then, then, then I think you got to check yourself. You know what I mean? And so... If you uh, work towards an independent career, then you always have a way to eat. You always have a lane to express yourself. And when it's right, then you go. Absolutely. You do the studio thing. I've done studio films. I'll do more. But do them under the right terms, under circumstances that are fair. And don't, don't set your morals and beliefs aside to do that you know what i mean it's power right. and this is the most independent friendly time that it has been ever 
because every network, every studio has to have a streaming lane, be it Peacock and all that good stuff. And with the Netflix and the Tubi's being the powerhouses now, and they cannot feel that content. If, right. they, if they can, if they was doing one every day, it's still not enough. So if you can figure out a way and you should be able to with the advancement in technology, you know what I mean? And, the, and, and all the creative people to get content made, you have an outlet and right. you can, you know what I mean? You can set a foundation for yourself. So, you know what I mean? Go do it, man. Go do it. Absolutely. Now, um, I want to touch on Adam and Eve a little bit. We're going to shift gears here. And I'm not going to give out no spoilers yeah. alerts yeah. for this movie. Yeah. I yeah. promise. <laughs> but this movie is so good, y'all. Let me t let me explain it like this. I don't really cry when I watch a movie. Okay? <laughs> and I don't even get a twitch in my eye. We got you. We got you there. Man, I I felt so bad for Adam. <laughs> I felt so bad. I said, this story is brilliant. Yeah, the way man. that it was written out. Um, can you take me through the thought process that you had when you when you started out the project in general? I wanted to make a, a hood love story. I mean, I was spinning my wheels for a minute trying to figure out how, because I felt like it hadn't been like a dope hood love story. You know what I mean? In the vein of like, uh, you know, Jason's lyric back in the day. Um, and and so I have came across this poem that Terrence who uh, wrote. And it was this story sort of about these characters, man. And from there, I reached out to him. We were building, man. And then I knew that all the elements um, were there. And 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 once it was it was it was weird, man. Like once I, because I write, but I don't write quickly. But once I locked into this, man, it was easy. And I remember I listened to Nina Simone music um, over and over and over throughout the process of writing this film because it put me in the right feel, the vein, the space, and the tone. You know what I mean uh, of the story, man. And it just. It, it just flowed out of me, man, from the cares, from trip to, you know what I mean, uh, the friend and all that good stuff and the buddies, man. And it was just, and, and it was funny because after I was finished and even on set, man, when I would hear the dialogue, because, you know, it, it was, I was just like, damn, like, I, like I wrote that? Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, yo, that sounds good. Like, yeah, I believe that. And that's a testament to, you know what I mean, uh, Cherish and Kareem and, and uh Mihara. Kareem too, man. I had him on the podcast before. Yeah, Kareem. He's a wonderful, Yo, wonderful brother that's right a there, good man. Good dude, man. Good dude, great friend, man. And 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 they made, you know, they, they just took the screenplay and took it up and made it brilliant, man. But um, you know, it, it was just I'm just very happy with how the story came out. Now the cast, I gotta say in general, they all played their roles to perfection. Every single yeah. one of them. You know, um and they sold the script to me. You know, you can't watch the first eight minutes. You know, mm -hmm. forget the first, first ten. You can't watch the first eight mm -hmm. minutes of that movie and not be hooked. Like, it's yeah. a Brian yeah. Hook film. Yeah. Literally, it's, you're going to get hooked the first yeah. eight minutes you watch it. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying so hard right now to not do any spoilers. Right, 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 right. It start off with a bang, you know what I mean? 
Uh, it does. Yeah. And then the man. plot twist, the plot yeah. twist. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. you 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 know. Yeah. Well, I'll see. You yeah. know what I'm talking yeah. about. And then you know, people. there'll there'll be a part two that that you know explains the, you know the 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 one what well, one or two questions that everybody has like wait what you know right. what I mean so and it it'll um it it'll uh it'll tell you exactly what happened with that man so I'm excited about do too but that will be a part two what wait time out. Yeah. Wait a minute, y'all. Yeah. We just got a, a big, <laughs> big announcement really quick. Yeah. Can I hear from you one more time? There will be a part two, man. There will be a part two. Yep. It's a, it's a, the story is not finished. I, I needed need to hear that, brother. I yeah. appreciate you so much in advance. I was yeah. actually talking with my manager about it earlier today. Mm-hmm. And uh, we was wondering, is it going to be a part two? Because we was thinking in our head, yeah, you, how can we write in a part two to the yeah. storyline? Yeah. But, man, yeah. okay. Okay, yeah. we excited Absolutely, about that. Man. Absolutely, because you you know you see how things ended. You know what I mean? And so you know, it's there was so some, hard wait to a talk minute. about this, y'all, yeah. without giving y'all. I know, huh? y'all have to yeah. go check it out. It's on Tubi. Um, it's free to watch. Listen, mm-hmm. do yourself a favor. It's Friday, Friday night. Go ahead and just do yourself a favor and tap on the movie. That's all yeah. you got to do. Just tap yeah. on the movie. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna watch it again tonight. Where we talking about it? I'm gonna go watch it again. Um, That's what's up, man. What was your most uh, exciting thing about working on the film, and uh, what was one of the most challenging things to do um, with the whole storyline of the film? Mm, I think, um, you know, it, you know, I shot it during COVID, during the very end of COVID. So the whole film was a challenge. You know what I mean? Um, and so because of the COVID, we had to even scale the crew back even more um, just so we could stay safe, which meant we had to make even wear even more hats. So there was, you know, times where it was like completely, completely exhausted, man, um, but had to keep going. You know what I mean? Because when you, you know, writer, producer, director, star, every question is a question for you. You know what I mean? If you act in the end of the day, you cut, you know, you go to your room, chill. You might work the next day. You might not. You might have one scene. You know what I mean? You can navigate that. But as soon as I cut, I got to start, you know, making sure everything we did was kosher. Um, you know, making sure everybody is cool. We get out and we get wrapped right and start to prep and make sure everything is in place for tomorrow, man. So wow. it was a, it was an insane amount of work man and then one day i don't remember y'all remember when this uh are you in Cali? the sun just didn't come up like the sun took a day off and the whole sky was red man and so it's just we thinking like yo this ain't no fog this ain't no like what is this and it was that weird time i don't know if y'all heard or remember that they never even really explained what it was i don't think but the sun didn't come up the whole sky was red all day and so we can't shoot wow you know what I mean? And so when you're on an independent film, like, it's not like studio, like, oh, we're moving to the, another part of the schedule. Like, nah, bro. Like, <laughs> we ain't no money right. for no another day. Right. You know what I mean? So that's a huge challenge, man. Um, independent schedules are extremely sensitive. You know what I mean? Um, so that was it. And then, you know, one of the high points, man, is just um, being in Frisco, man, is such a beautiful backdrop. You know what I mean? And creatively, I'm like, you, you hear what we're saying, you see what we're doing, but 
you know, how can we give it, you know, a different backdrop than we've ever seen for like a hood love story. And, and I don't think, you know, it may have been, but I don't think there's ever been one told against the San Francisco background. Um, so I just thought that was a dope visual. And some of them shots, like when we were rocking um, along the bridge, um, you know, uh, with the bridge in the back, man, it's just beautiful. It was just so sexy, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, scenes like that, man, I was like, yeah, this, this is, this, we in pocket with this. And one of my main questions I have for you about the film is what do you want people to get out of uh, watching the film? What do you want the audience to gain from watching the film? I think I, I, um, I wanted them to consider that, you know, relationships, are complicated. Um, there's always different points of views. I mean, when you look at it, you know, with all those characters, you know, you could argue that all of them were in the right. You know what I mean? Like, you, you could take a position for each of them, and that's just to say, is love's complicated. You never know what someone else is going through or where they at. And I think in love, like um, as difficult as, as it is, I think the best thing we could do and offer in that, which we can control is just the honesty. You know what I mean? To be honest and upfront as difficult as that is because, you know, without giving away stuff in the movie, like you understand everybody's choice and, and, and they made choices sometimes that weren't honest, but it wasn't malicious. Mm -hmm. But if you are honest about it, you can have that conversation it may be uneasy, but you can get to the other side and nine times out of 10, probably have a happy ending. If not, you know, a much better ending than, you know what I mean? Taking the easy road, easy answer at that moment, man. So you just right. never know what folks are going through, man. So, you know what I mean? Be, be, be honest and, 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 you know, and, uh, you know, you can't say too much without saying too much, but right. just be honest and love. Oh, man. So I will give this away. It was about an ex-Marine yeah. who also had some PTSD going on. Right. Um, any words you want to say about that? No, I think that's, a, again, a thing. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, when you're dealing, you, you never know what people are going through. You know what I mean? Uh, and so, um, and I always say, even, you know, when you're walking around every day, you know what I mean? And, and you, you know, you yell at somebody, hey, man, you cut me off. Or, hey, you, know, you never know where that person is at. You know what I mean? They might lash out and go crazy on you, but it ain't about you. It's out of all the bill that have been happening all day with things they're going through, man. You know, like Adam, you know, suffering from, uh, you know, PTSD. And, um, you know, which made, you know, his, his, his love and his thinking and his, movements more intense mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so you know it's just a whole bunch of elements at play in this film absolutely so my final question for you mr hooks i'm gonna let you go i ask everybody that come on this platform this question legacy what does it mean to you and what do you want to be remembered for this is a I big think, you know question so yeah i yeah. think about it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, legacy for me, man, you know, I have a program left of bang entertainment. And for me, your legacy, I feel, should be measured about for the impact that you were able to make on earth. 
right? And so I started this program, Left the Bang Entertainment, where we reached out to inner city youth and armed them with, you know, filmmaking tools. But, you know, more importantly, you know what I mean? It's um, a mentorship and sort of showing them that it is more out there for them than sometimes, you know, what they can see in their circumstances. And so now with every film, including Adam and Eve, I allow these inner city youth to be a part of the process. And because of COVID, you know, we've been doing it virtually, um, but I allowed them to be a part of the, you know, the, the destruction, the pre-production, the script, the casting, the on-set we do, um, you know, shots. And I, and I think I've decided that no longer do I want to do anything that's just for me. You know what I mean? I got to pitch, pitch, pinch off five or 10% and, and push it towards helping these youth um, through these films and they're the future. They're going to move them, you know, move the world forward and also moving them and stimulating their minds, man. So, you know, it, you know, with the success of my films and with every film that I make, um, you know, I mean, it pushes that left the bang um, entertainment program forward. So if I can make dope films and in turn, um, you know, push these youth forward. That that's that's what I would want them to remember. He just wasn't out, you know, making movies to see how much money he can make and and you know and how much he can make people laugh or whatever. But it also had this element that benefit these youth that otherwise wouldn't be able to, you know, play in that pool. You know what I mean? So my legacy is like man, and he did a lot of dope stuff for kids and opened up their mind and exposed them to some, some cooler stuff um, through the films he made. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. Listen, Brian Hooks, it was an honor to have you here on the platform. I would love to have you come back for Adam and Eve Part 2. We yeah. got to talk about that. Um, I got yeah. a question I'm going to ask you outside of this because this is about the movie, and I don't want to do no spoilers. So mm -hmm. for everyone that's tapped in, Make sure y'all go check out Adam and Eve is on Tubi. Go stream it right now. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And then hit me and let me know what you think. And uh, where where you at? Where you at? I'm a VA. VA. Uh, Seven five seven. Right. 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 And what we're doing, man, is a lot of people reaching out who want to do like watch parties and screenings in their town, man. So if y'all interested in something like that, uh, you know, put it together. Let me know. I'll come out maybe with another cast member. We watch the movie, you know what I mean? Celebrate, talk about it, you know, and chop it up. All right, sounds good, brother. I'm going to definitely be in touch, All okay? Right. Big dog, appreciate you. Absolutely. Peace. All right, y'all, so it's another wonderful interview for the books. Listen, we got a lot of dope conversations on this platform. It's called King Legend Talk. Go follow us on Facebook at King Legend 757. Also, us uh, on iHeartRadio, just search King Legend Talks. My website is in the bio. You can go check us out there. We're pretty much everywhere. So if you are interested in getting a replay of this, you can go look us up on YouTube. Any any pretty much platform, we're on there, okay? So we got you covered uh, for the replay. Now, I was not expecting him to let us know that there's going to be a part two to Adam and Eve. So if you haven't watched part one yet, go check it out. Because I can only imagine what part two was going to be like. Um, so I appreciate every single one of y'all for tapping in today. 
I do hope y'all enjoy a great Christmas. Um, Happy New Year to y'all in advance. Um, And stay blessed and go out there and let's make it happen in 2023. All right? Y'all stay up. Thank you so much for making it all the way through another great episode of King Legend Talks. I truly hope you feel motivated to go out and make your dreams come true. If you would like to stay notified on what's happening next and stay connected within the community, please follow the host on social media at KingLegend757 or visit our official website where you will find the video version of this interview at www.KingLegendTalks.com. Thank you so much for your support and may God continue to bless you.